Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hey, we're continuing our series today. In fact, this is the last uh, day of our series entitled, I Am. I Am. Someone say, I Am. We've been looking at the different I am statements that Jesus makes about himself throughout the Gospels. And so today, I want to look at this passage of Scripture from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. If you have your Bible with you, I hope you do, you can open to John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. If you don't, it'll be on the screen for you. I want to talk about today where Jesus says, I am the true Vine. Let's read it and then we'll start unpacking it here. John chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Jesus says here, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are all, now watch this. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Some of you uh, know that I grew up here in Tacoma and I have no farming skills whatsoever, none. I'm a city boy, uh, I'm clueless. I'm, I'm a terrible gardener. Uh, I have a lot of help with my yard, okay? I'm just, that whole department doesn't really work well for me. I gotta just kinda run my lane, you know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, my in-laws, they live on a bunch of land down in deep south Georgia, and. And they, and they work the land and the whole thing. I can never, I'll never forget the first time I was down in Georgia uh, visiting my in-laws. And, and, and I looked out on this big kind of field, and there was a John Deere tractor. You know, the green one, you know? And I said, I'm going to ride that. <laughs> and so my, my f- father-in-law was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And I was like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive that thing. And he said, all right, you're going to need some help. And so I remember climbing up on that thing. And I, I, went, in, I went into full-on farmer mode, got the piece of straw out of my mouth, straw hat. And I, I got that thing going. And, and I can could, I could hear my father-in-law yelling at me, please be careful. You don't know what you're doing. And I'm like, thanks, Dad. You know, and I took off down. I know nothing about farming whatsoever. Um, a few months ago, I was down in uh, the Northern California area in an area known as wine country, kind of the Napa area. And isn't it beautiful down there, the vineyards and driving through all there? And my, uh, my aunt uh, owns a, a home at the base of a, a vineyard where it's kind of like a, a mountain, or maybe not a mountain, but like a hill, and, and, and the and the and the vines go up the hill. You got the picture I'm going here? And her house is right at the base of this. And so it was wintertime. 
and we were, our, our family was visiting, and I remember standing kind of in her backyard with her family and our family, and, and I was just staring at, at, these, at these vines, and this, this gorgeous up this hill, beautiful sunny day, crisp, cool winter, Northern California day, and I just looked at her, I said, Aunt Judy, you must, you must come out here every single day and just stare up at your your vineyard there with all the vines and everything, and just marvel about how beautiful it is. I mean, I, I'm sure you do it every single day. You just come out here and stare at how beautiful it all is, right? And she kind of laughed and said, well, I, I guess I never really thought of it like that. I mean, yeah, every once in a while I look at it, and I'm so grateful for what we have here. But you, you do realize, JF, that grapes grow on the vine. I was like, you don't say. I thought it was just... And she said, yeah, the vines, those plants, actually produce fruit. They produce grapes. And part of our family business is that we harvest the grapes and we sell them to winemakers all over this region. It's like income for our family. We didn't build this house right here and buy this property just so that we could stare at the vines. No, we bought this so we could work the land and get the fruit from the vine so that we could have an income. And I said, wow, it's pretty cool. I know nothing about farming. The one thing that I do know is that those plants are meant to produce fruit. They're not meant to just look at and marvel and go, wow, those are beautiful. No, they actually have a function, and it is to produce, produce fruit. And what I want you to walk away with here in the next couple of minutes here is that we are the branches connected to the vine. And we are called to produce, to bear, not bad fruit, but what? Good fruit. And as we produce good fruit, what happens? The people that are receiving the fruit that we're producing, their eyes are pointed back to the true vine who is is Jesus. That's what this is all about. And so you say, J.F., what what fruit are we talking about? Apples and oranges? No. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Many of you know this verse, but it's a good reminder. This is the type of fruit, spiritual fruit, that Jesus calls us to bear. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, here it is, love. It's joy, peace, forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So what this means is, as followers of Jesus, when we allow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to take control of our lives, to take a handle of the decisions that we make, to, to, to get connected to our passions, you will begin to bear these fruits. When you allow him in, these these attributes will be seen in your daily life. And I'm not talking just on Facebook or on Instagram. What will happen is the people that are closest to you will begin to say things like, man, she's, what's going on with her? 
She seemed so kind. And man, she used to be so full of anxiety, but now she's like patient. And, and, the, and, and, and these fruits will begin to manifest inside of you. And so I just want to look at today, I want to, I want to give you three areas to think about concerning Jesus as the true vine and us as the branches called to bear fruit, all right? Just three areas concerning Jesus as the true vine and, and how it relates to us. Let's go back to the text, John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch does bear fruit, he prunes so that he that, that so that we will be even more fruitful. The first area of fruitfulness that we need to understand is number one, write this down. This is great. Pruning must be continual. Can you write that down? Pruning must be continual. I'm looking at John Adams right now and we're laughing. Pruning must be continual. Um a lot of you know that Ashley and our, our, our families live in other states. Our biological families do. We love our families. In fact, our, my in-laws are going to be here this next week. And so when they get here, just attack them. Just, lo just love on them, all right? And we love our parents and we love our families, but, but they're kind of spread out all over the country. And aren't you grateful for the kingdom of God? Because, like, you get adopted family. That The kingdom of God is so big and so... This church and so many people in this room, it's like, you've all become family now. So we don't go, we don't have any family. No, every, you know what I'm saying? It's pretty cool. If you came to this place today and you don't have any biological family, welcome to our family. You're now, you're now brothers and sisters, all right? So welcome. Don't leave this place, right? And so due to that, we have, we have some, some, uh, some folks that have really become like close family to us, and that's Arnie and Diane Burheim right here sitting on the second row, and they've almost kind of be become like our surrogate parents, if you will. They're, they're, they've been with us for about five years, and, and we, we do a lot of life together, and, and it's, it's an honor to, to, to have them here, and they're, they're retired, and, and they had phenomenal careers, but, but they just decided in our retired years, we're just going to serve the kingdom of God. We're just going to give the rest of our lives to serving God's kingdom. And so they serve this house. They do all kinds of phenomenal things. And one thing they do, they do a lot of personal things for us. And remember how I said I'm not a very good gardener? <laughs> right? Well, these two people are like master gardeners, okay? And, and uh, in my backyard, I've got this, um, I'm really, I really love like the Japanese style plants and stuff like that. So in my backyard, I have this beautiful Japanese uh, maple tree that when we got the house, it was already there. And I just, I love that tree. It's so cool. Changes colors, the whole deal, right? I love it. And, and uh, you know, since, since we've had the house, I've never touched it one time. <laughs> never done anything to, to help it out or whatever. I don't even, I just think it looks cool, right? And, and I'll, I'll never forget, Arnie and Diane were over there, and I, and I said, look how cool, isn't this tree? Look how healthy this tree is. It's just, it's beautiful. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's overtaken the tree next to it. And it's just like, it's just massive. And they both looked at me, and they said, Jeff, that, that tree's sick. That tree's a mess. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, no, no, no. 
we got to do some surgery on that tree. That tree needs some help. That tree needs some pruning. And I said, well, I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever you got to do, you do it. And I'll never forget. I came home, and I came around the side of my house, and there was this, this bin just full of all this stuff that came off that tree. And I walked in the backyard, and sure enough, that tree was about a fourth of the size. And it was all just all taken down. And let me tell you, you know what? It looked beautiful. And Arnie explained to me, he said, son, he likes to call me son. He said, son, what's going on here is that we have to cut away at this tree from time to time. It's called pruning. And the reason why we do this is because it's actually making the tree stronger. It's making it more healthy. As I cut away at the undergrowth and some of the dead limbs, it makes way for new growth. It's called pruning. And then I said, well, thank God you'll never have to do that again. We're good. And he said, no, actually, I'll be back here in about three weeks. Because the tree requires a continual pruning process. And it's the same in our own lives concerning our spiritual man, our spiritual woman. We are to be pruned. We need to understand that spiritual pruning in our lives, it never stops. I don't care if you follow Jesus for 50 years. I can sit here and tell you, I see Pastor Warsh sitting here on the front row. Pastor Warsh, I don't think he's ever sinned in his life. He's been following Jesus all these years, but he'll stand up here and say, son, I, gotta, I, got, I need spiritual pruning every single day until the day I die and until I spend eternity with Jesus. It's a continual process. And so what does that look like? Thanks for asking. <laughs> what does it look like? It looks like getting alone with the Lord, meditating on his word, opening yourself up, and as this t process takes place of, 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 of intimate moments with God, he will begin to reveal to you the areas of your life that displease him. You see, when I saw that tree, I didn't think anything was even wrong with it. And there's some of us, including myself from time to time, where I am sick and I don't even know it. And it requires me to go to the great physician, the surgeon, so that he can begin to cut away, remove some of that, 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 that sickness that's inside of me, that sin that's creeped in. He exposes it and he says, man, you got something going on here. And as that process takes place, you will begin to live in the fullness of what he has for you. And this can be painful from time to time. In fact, Arnie explained to me, he said, you know what, we just got to watch the tree because the amount of work that we just did on it, the tree may go in shock. The, the tree is kind of like in pain right now, but it'll be okay. It'll heal in the same way. Some of you are in a relationship right now that, that you know you got to get out of. But the idea of removing that relationship out of your life is scary. And I want you to know, as you remove that relationship from your life, I promise you it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. 
You are going to cry. It's going to be tough. But I want you to know that it will heal you in the end. It will heal you. I have, a, I have a brother that I just met with in my office this morning, and we talked about his journey with chemical uh, issues, addiction issues, and how he went to Team Challenge. Thank God for Team Challenge. And he went through that process, and he told me it hurt. It was hard. But man, JF, where I'm at now, I get to spend time with my son. The thi- he said, I, you know what he said to me? He said, JF, I am now addicted to my sobriety. And I was like, let's go. Let's go. You see, you see, there will be pain involved. But as he begins to work and cut and mend, I'm telling you, he will heal the spiritual plant, the branch that you are. And I love this passage of scripture. It'll go on the screens right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at this. Paul writes to this screwed up group of people in a city called Corinth that would look a whole lot like the city of Tacoma. There's your context. Are you ready? Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We sing that song a lot, don't we? That's a great song. But it doesn't stop there. Look at 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed, say transformed, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Everyone loves quoting the first part of this passage, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we just kind of stay there. We're just like, hey, yeah, yeah. And that's true. It's true. But we have to complete the thought. There is freedom, which really means, freedom really translates better to deliverance, all right? There's deliverance where the Spirit of the Lord is allowed to transform you. Verse 18. He loves us, and as we allow, we give him permission. How many know that the the Holy Spirit is is, is gentle? This idea that we're shoving down the gospel into people, that is so opposite of the gospel. We were created with the free will, and we have to give the Spirit permission to start the pruning process. Then you experience the deliverance. It's it's not backwards. It's not like, I've just got the freedom now. No, no, no. The reason why you've got the freedom, the deliverance, is because you said, Lord, start working on me. And someone in here needs to hear this. You need to give permission to the Holy Spirit to begin cutting away at your diseased spiritual being. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom to those who allow the transformation process to begin, right? So number one, pruning must be continual. Here's the second thing. This is big. This one might be bigger than the first one. Ready? Here it is. Reproduction is the purpose. Write that down. Reproduction 
is the purpose. We're getting into spring. We're getting into the summer months. All the good fruits are starting to show up at Tacoma Boys. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, the good stuff, right? Like watermelons and, and all the pomegranates, all that kind of stuff. And I love all that stuff. And in fact, I brought um, some cantaloupe. Any, anyone like cantaloupe up in this joint? Yeah, you got some cantaloupe, got some melons. What are these things, babe? Pomegranate seeds. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but anyways, I was thinking about this cantaloupe right here, right? Nice, juicy cantaloupe. If you want some after the service, just come and take it. It's all yours. But I was thinking about the fruit that is this cantaloupe. And, and, and I was thinking about this week, how good this tastes and, and the health benefits of eating cantaloupe. My grandmother, for 50 years, at, for lunch, every day would have, she, I could see her eating it. She had this cantaloupe and a, and a little bowl of cottage cheese. Her little Scandinavian just lived on that, you know? And, 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 and so, so, so it tastes good. There's health benefits. But here's the thing. Really, the purpose of, by the way, do, do cantaloupes grow on trees or do they come out of the ground? Wherever they come from, they come from a main source, okay? Whatever that, well, we'll call it the cantaloupe plant, right? At the end of the day, the cantaloupe plant that produces this fruit really is producing something else inside. And what is inside the cantaloupe or the watermelon or the pomegranate? They're seeds. And what are the seeds for? Or what do the seeds do? They have the potential of making more trees. The seed lives inside of the fruit to make more trees. And as followers of Jesus, that is what we're called to do, to make more Jesus people, right? And here's the thing. You need to understand that you're bearing fruit doesn't have to do with you earning your salvation. That is, that is not the same thing here, all right? John 15, 3, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. That was, that was the first, one of the first things that we just read about. But here's the thing. You are forgiven, you are not condemned, but you're also saved for a purpose, you have an assignment. You have multiple assignments. And it's not to survive. It is to thrive in this world so that you can bear fruit. And that fruit that you bear points people back to the true vine who is Jesus. That is what we're called to do. Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, meaning use the seed I've placed in your hand, right? To reproduce more plants and bear good fruit of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We are called to reproduce. And I was, I was how can I illustrate this? I was thinking about this. You know, a lot of us, when we get saved, we meet Jesus. Did you know Jesus comes in the form of a boat? Here he is. Here's Jesus, all right? And so 
we're outside of the boat, the storms of life, right? And all of a sudden, however we get there, we meet Jesus and we, we are saved. We get in the boat, right? And oh, yes, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And thank you for healing me. And oh, this is so great. And we're safe in the boat, right? And here we are, we're in the boat. And we're, Jesus is, is in us and we're, we're in him and, and we're together and we're connected and he's beginning to heal us. And here we are, You're, we're with Jesus in the boat and the storm is raging and we're, there's times it gets rockier at times, but man, as long as I'm in the boat, right? I'm safe. I'm good. He's got me, right? But what happens with some believers, none in this room, okay? Not one in this room, all of the ones out there, okay? None of what tends to happen is we start to get real comfortable in the boat, right? Oh, there we go, right there. And we just kind of like, man, this is me and Jesus. Oh, this is great. I think I'm going to take a little nap here with Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Hey, can you play that other hill song too? Oh, good. Oh, yeah, good grace. And oh, man, I'm just going to read the Bible and all this kind of stuff. And we just get into this mode, man. And I, and I know people that, that call themselves Christians who have been right here for 20 years. And they sit in a boat, and they're just like, oh, I love God, and ah, right here. And all along, there's a storm raging around this boat. And their friends are drowning all around them. And they just say, man, you should, <laughs> you should try getting in the boat. It's awesome. And, 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 and it's really good in here. Yeah, my life's great. And, and all of a sudden, all of their people, all of their friends, they're, all, they're, they're literally drowning around them. And the whole time... The life ring is sitting in the boat. The life ring representing the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me because I'm in Jesus and his fruit is inside of me. And all that he's calling me to do is to throw the lifeline. In fact, if I had a rope like this tied up and begin to throw the life ring of the Holy Spirit and his gifts and who he is to those who are dying all around us. This is the picture. This is the picture of what it looks like to reproduce. This whole thing is about reproducing. Tasting the fruit, it's awesome. When you met Jesus, and man, there's times, man, where it's just like, ah, and you taste him and you're with him, and this is all important. But man, don't forget that you're holding the lifeline, and we're called to this right here. As the band comes back, close with this last one here. So, so pruning must be continual. Reproduction is the purpose. Here's the last one, and then we're going we're gonna to get out of here in just a couple of minutes here, and that is you, you've got to understand the seasons. You've got to understand the seasons. Now, we live in the Northwest, and that can be hard at times, right? My folks live in South Florida. They only get like one season. It's like hot and then really hot. You know what I mean? But my, but my wife grew up in an area where they have like real four seasons. I can remember visiting for the first time in Georgia in the dead of winter, and I, th I thought the apocalypse happened. Because like, 
because everything was brown, you know? But you have to understand the seasons. As you walk with Jesus, there's going to be high seasons and low seasons. There's going to be seasons in your life where the buds, right? The buds are popping out, meaning that the fruit's coming. Spring. See our beautiful trees out here in the parking lot, those pink, that, that, there's life in those trees, and it's a, sim, it's a sign that something's at work, and, and you'll start, man, man, this area of kindness and, fo- and patience in my life, and, and long, so all these, these, these fruits of the Spirit, you'll, you'll start to feel them, and, and that'll, that'll get you excited because you know you're, you're working this muscle, but I want you to know there's going to be seasons where it's dormant, where you're like, God, where are you? I love you, but I'm, I'm not seeing any manifestation whatsoever of what I read about in Scripture. You must know that fruit requires rain. And it's all about how you interpret the rain, the storm. In your dormant moments or where you're feeling like there's nothing being It's raining, and you say, man, this storm, where are you, God? The rain's coming down, and how could you be doing this to me? Change the way you view the rain, the way you perceive the rain, because the rain is getting down into the soil of your life, and there's stuff that's happening. And in due season, how many of you know seasons change? In due season, you're going to see the fruit come to pass. And Jesus says, even in those seasons of difficulty, I know there's people in this room, you're in a difficult season right now. Here's here's what Jesus has to say to you today. John 15, verse four, look what he says. Jesus says, run away from me when you're having a rough time. No, no. This is, the, this, this is the kind of God we serve. Je- Jesus, Jesus says, e- even in those seasons of dormancy, seasons where, where, where you feel like, where are you? He says, remain. Remain in me. You're still connected to the vine. You're still connected to life. Yeah, your branch isn't budding right now, but remain in me. I will keep you. I will keep you living. I will keep you nourished. Remain in me. And then he makes another promise here. He doesn't just stop there. He says, I'm going to remain in you. I was thinking about that even last night. I made a lot of mistakes in my life. And even in those mistakes, those failures, staying connected to Jesus. He, he didn't bail on me when I let him down. And someone needs to hear that today. You're like, man, I've, I've let God down. God's mad at me. I want you to know. He's saying, no, son, no, daughter. S- s- remain in me. And I'm going to make a promise to you that I'm not going to leave. I'm going I'm to remain in you. I'm going to stay with you in the middle of your divorce, in the middle of your rehab, in the middle of your child custody war, in the middle of your pain, and in the middle of your, of your high, in the middle of your addiction, baked out of your brains, 
I'm there. I'm with you. I'm I'm never going to leave you. He says, remain in me and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in him regardless of your season, regardless how you feel, regardless of where you're at. Stay with him. Come on, bow your heads across this auditorium. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.